When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. And the field marshal, Sam Edmund, who's been outstanding already. He's in rare form. Joins us in the studio. He brought some beetroot in earlier, so he's in my good books forever. Uh, welcome, Fieldy. Am I in Tim's at the moment after the coffee saga? Or no, you, you, you out of it. You, oh, out of it. you put your hand up and that's all we need. We don't carry grudges here on SEM Breakfast. Do we need I to was, read too much? What have you got? Have you read anything too much in oh, your no. I have. No, we want you to read everything. Else. I've only got one. All right, what is it? By August, St Kilda will be asking the AFL for a home qualifying final at Marvel Stadium, and Liam Henry will be among the favourites for the Brownlow medal. That's it. You should have gone a bit further. You More? should have said they will be asking the AFL for a home Moravan final. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they want it under the lid. That's where this speed kills, Gary. Under mm, the lid, under nice. the roof. It's nice, wasn't These it? Bucks was taken by it yesterday oh, as well. Yeah, but the Wisps oh. already said that the Bombers are just <laughs> spoon material. Well, don't, don't write a headline on that because that's our, you've gone the that's other our way. tongue-in-cheek read too much into it. Spoon. We're just um, <laughs> we're just starting slowly so that we don't get ahead right. of ourselves too early nah, in the season. It'll change, it'll change. Now, with you guys being at two uh, Melbourne clubs, big Melbourne clubs, a crowded space, you would have had uh, experiences, even as a player and since where you've seen people chip in. And, and it's something we don't often talk about, I think. The benefactors that are attached to some of these clubs, Indeed. Melbourne have got plenty of them. Essendon as well, historically, have had plenty of people willing to put their own hands in their own pockets to fulfil or to help the club that they love. Now... I can tell you this morning, the family of the late Geelong president, Frank Costa, has pledged a staggering $10 million to Geelong's planned indoor training facility. Now, it was Costa's widow, Shirley, who stunned guests at an intimate cats function last Thursday with the extraordinary commitment that have to sit among, I mean, I stand to be corrected, but it would have to sit among the single biggest donations to a club in the history of the sport. Wow. $10 million. So Frank Costa died, as we know, a couple of years ago now, 2021, the age of 83. Remembered as the man who, I guess, propelled the Cats into a golden era, but also made enormous contributions to business, philanthropic causes and the community down there. His younger brother, Robert, has since gathered the family to promise this enormous sum of money to catapult their beloved Cats, beloved Cats, into the modern era. So the Geelong would be one of only a handful of clubs, I reckon, that don't possess an indoor field facility. So they're looking to raise more than $20 million for this project. But uh, the officials down there, Geelong officials, gobsmacked what by this great, massive contribution. That is a great story. Contribution. That, is it you breaking that here? Yes, that is uh, well, quote-unquote. Well done. I haven't read that anywhere. Breaking, I suppose. But that is is a, that an exclusive? 
That's a, I believe that's an exclusive, Tim. Well, yeah. I tell you what, you can steal my coffee pot any day of the week <laughs> if you're going to come in here with an exclusive. What it's, a great um, a positive, uplifting story for a team who were going to, in the end, owe that cost to family oh. a debt of gratitude like none other, which they do willingly and lovingly because they know how big the football club yeah. is in the town. And a credit to Geelong too, who have made it all about community down there. And they've got some advantages in that space, but they work the relationships. They, you know, when Frank passed away, it obviously becomes difficult, but they work the relationship down there and they're as close as they've ever been. They're still looking for sites for this. It's going to obviously support yeah, that their... that was the next question. Yeah, where are they going to put it? It's going to be in the Cadinia Park precinct. It's going to support their full football program. So AFL, AFLW, VFL, VFLW, but they're also fully committed to opening it up for community and commercial events because that precinct down there is already home to swimming, netball, cricket, mm. local football, senior citizens groups. And it's part of a two-phase plan. Actually, builders arrived at GMHBA Stadium last month to complete a near $7 million refurbishment of the High Performance Centre. Now, a big part of that is a dedicated standalone space for their AFLW program, which will mirror the men's. It'll be right next door. It's going to be completed by August in time for the new AFLW season. So they're spending money everywhere at the moment, Geelong, to support their football programs. But coming back to that indoor facility, the Costa family right at the top of a growing group. They've got a lot of financial contributors wow. down in Geelong. So One of their great financial contributors has been the state Labor government. Yes, well. that's right. And they're going to need that too, as all clubs do. They'll need a government contribution as well. But they have to put their money into their own pocket. And the contributors and the, and the benefactors and the supporters and members are a big part of that. That is a great story, Sammy. Um, and we'll find out in time where that's going to be. But yep. like walking the, in within the ground. Oh, yeah, it'll be a detached facility, I imagine. Mind you, if the costas keep putting in that sort of money, there might be a tunnel from GMHBA Stadium to, to the... No, I'm not sure. It'll be detached easily from GMHBA Stadium itself, but it'll be on the precinct. Thank you to play Geelong at the expanded GMHBA in round one. Let's see what you you three plonkers are saying. Then. Will you have any say in where they put this facility down there? Because I know you like to park right next to the <laughs> gate down there at Kenyon. <laughs> The G-Line car park is at risk. No, I've lost that. I have lost that. I've got a new plan when I go down there now. Parking is the number one consideration for I know, every game. I know I know it is, and I know you like to be parked well, right that, near the gate. No, no, that's the entry changed. Gate now you park out on the road. So you a get quick, getaway. quick getaway. Right, okay. So we're nine days out, aren't we, from the start of the season. The AFL yet to formalise its concussion protocols. I know this has occupied a big part of your morning already, guys. And at the heart of the concussion protocols is the 12-day return to play threshold. Now, people I've spoken to on this say it's currently being debated at AFL House. It is certainly no guarantee to remain at 12 days. And we've seen recently, haven't we, the AIS, the Australian Institute of Sport and Sports Medicine Australia, release their concussion guidelines for community sport. And that recommends a 21-day rest period before returning to competition. That's already in place in the UK and New Zealand. So with Sam Pepper facing the tribunal, Angus Brayshaw lost to the game at 28, the 100-player class action that's in the courts, and then Victorian Coroner John Kane's recommendations to the league, it's all very much front of mind at the moment. And John Kane's most significant recommendation was for clubs, as we know, to limit the amount of contact training sessions. Now, that was something that Patrick Dangerfield said yesterday Geelong was already doing. And according to Darcy Moore, something Collingwood are now highly aware of. And regarding that extending that 12-day rest period, Patrick Dangerfield was asked that yesterday as the head of the PA Players Association. He said, I think it is definitely a question for those above my pay grade. I think first and foremost, it has to be a decision based on important data, health-based data, rather than anything but, I've got uh, a gut feel about. I know you say that with a bit of a smile. What else can they say? No, he can't. And what else no. could we say? Well, that's not our area of expertise. No, so if they came out and said 21 days, I'd go, okay, 21 days. Yeah, and I say that with a smile because I, know, I, I felt know, for yeah. Paddy Dangerfield yeah, in that situation, you have to simply bow to the experts. But it clearly, it's. I think a lot of people thought the 12 days would just remain because we're so close to mm. the season. But from what I'm told, that is no guarantee at this North point. Melbourne have 
gone in the opposite direction to everybody else. So if that's the case, because um, I think Joy Simpkins said yesterday yeah. they've, they've, d- they've done more yeah. contact yeah. than probably they've done previously. So Tim and I are doing our podcast today. We're going to talk about the way training and preparation has changed. Bring your mouth guards. In the space of 20, well, not only that, but pre-season, we'll tell some horror stories in of the stuff that you, yeah. when you look back at it and you go, well, what were they thinking? Well, Wolsey's famous boxing ring boxing, up at the Bears, yeah, of course, in, remember? Punch get into him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 100-100s, I reckon that's yeah. probably about 95 yeah, too many. Play, what about play in the wet and the mud and the slush on Saturday yeah. and then Tuesday have a three-hour training session where yeah. you punch the bag out of oh, each hang other? On. Well, you pl- hang on, you had to play again on the Tuesday night oh, in, yeah. the, in yeah. the Escort Cup Series. That's right. Play, train, r- and then run- play again the following weekend oh, in the fall. How have you even got to the ground? And then you wouldn't have a shower after the game. I mean, there was no hygiene back <laughs> well, in the day. Imagine how many games Wisp would have played with proper management. Could have started when you were 13 if they knew they were Played 500, I reckon. Exactly. Uh, Sam Powell Pepper, we mentioned. So uh, a minimum three-match ban. The trigger, obviously, being the severe impact. That was always going to be the question, wasn't it? It was always going to be careless. It was always going to be high. It was always it was either going to be severe impact or high impact. In the end, Michael Christian went with the severe, so that's the automatic tribunal hearing and a three plus match ban. Where they push for four remains to be seen. Would you be comfortable with a four, Tim? Was that too much? Uh, no, I'd be comfortable with a four, Gary. Um, it sounds it sounds pretty excessive, but no, no one could complain given where we're at in this whole debate. So, and I'm, I'm sure even Sam Pelpepper, as we heard him say before, yeah. he said, you know, he just got it wrong and he'll have to cop what comes his way. Oh, I love, he was one of my top five players last he week. He was? Sam Are you dropping him out? No, I'm not. But oh, I'm so, not. I, I love him because of the way that he goes about it and how, mm. yeah, like how committed he is to playing the game. But he's going to have to modify his behaviour. Well, people will say, what was he supposed to do? Well, and that's right. He has to temper that. And that's you have hard to modify. for him. He's if he charges in next time, he's going to have to charge in maybe chest on, arms out. Mm. That's so if you want to yeah. know what what is he expected to do. Well, that's the change he'll have he'll have to make, and I'm, I'm sure he will. He knows what. He, I, I like that interview he did on the wherever that was. Mm. He knows he's, he's putting his hand up. I, I, I think he knows exactly where it's at. Richmond Collingwood Icon Park tonight. Gary, you'll be there, of course. So Toby Nankervis, we know the Richmond captain's been battling a foot injury. Yesterday, he revealed that to be plantar fascia. So. Ooh. He's, uh, it's flared. He said he's managed it pretty well over the preseason, but he does feel like it's getting better every training session. Now, he still reckons he can uh, make a real push to play the Suns on March the 9th, but that's a watch. Scotty Pendlebury, Jeremy Howe won't play tonight. Sidebot and Chris Mitchell, Maynard, Elliott, Darcy Moore and Brody Mychek are all back. Likewise, at Richmond, some big guns coming back in. Prestia, Taranto and Dustin Martin will suit up. Clayton Oliver won't play the Blues tomorrow night. Uh, guys, he'll instead feature in a VFL game, actually, against uh, Carlton tomorrow morning to build fitness. So expect him maybe Wisp to play some big minutes in that. I want Gary to watch this tonight, in particular, mm. around the stoppages, Taranto and Hopper, because I know oh, the my new... area? Well, it has to be tonight, because the new coach believes, and he wasn't criticising the previous coach, but he believed that they needed to develop maybe a greater emphasis on their stoppage game because they can play through the strengths of those two players and maybe they haven't done it enough in the past. Oh, I'll be so can you keep an eye on that for me right, tonight, so please? That's all I'll be doing tonight. Thank you. Um, have you got any Cam Guthrie news? No, well, we're awaiting the word on Cam Guthrie. I went out there and saw this game. Um, now, this is the first real test for transparency for Geelong, though, isn't it? Because yeah. they are the pioneers of the short term, medium term, and the long term, and the clubs have been told well, we want more transparency. Is this going to be a long term? Are they going to say, say eight to ten, six I, to eight? I was listening on our SEN radio while that game was on, and they said 
Minor. That's right. And <laughs> he went ha- down like he'd been shot. Minor. They haven't they haven't ruled him out for round one. <laughs> and then Geelong's first response was precautionary quad. That, no, that's what it was. Precautionary quad. Yeah. It might have curled up and sitting mm. in his hamstring at the moment. Oh, uh, anything more? You no, just do. quickly, Max Gorn said, just coming back to Oliver, very much a day-to-day proposition. So with nine to ten days away, still too early to say he's guaranteed for round one. He'll play round one. Surely guaranteed. No, I don't know at this stage. Surely to, he will play To be round determined. One. Well done. Great story on um, the yeah, cost well of the donation, the $10 million contribution to the new indoor stadium. That'll be a big story. Get into that beetroot, will you? Thank you, Samuel.